Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Podcast. My name is Steve, and my co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Hello, guys. And I hope everybody's doing all right. Tonight, we're going to be discussing WrestleMania 31. And before we do, I just want to tell you how you can contact us. You can send an email to armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. On Twitter, at bookingarmchair. And to download us, you can find us on iHeartRadio, um, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And hopefully here soon, I will add uh, Spotify, hopefully. Let's see how all that works out. Uh, Have I forgotten anything, Kyle? No, I'm pretty sure you covered the whole book of uh, ways to listen and contact. Yep, and we would love to hear from anyone who would like to contact us. Give us suggestions, give us your opinions, give us your feedback. That's something we very we value very much. So, all right, Kyle. So, um, WrestleMania 31. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good show. This is the first event that actually frustrated me and probably ruined my WWE fandom. <laughs> really? You're that serious about it? Yes, there are going to be a couple matches I was not too happy with, and I will get into why as we go through the cards. There were some things that I wasn't happy with, especially one match in particular. Um, and then there were some non-wrestling things that really I, I didn't they they could have been left out I'll just leave it at that of course that's what we're doing we are armchair booking it we're saying you could have left certain segments out um, and I will disagree with you on that because I thought that was the highlight of the show <laughs> oh okay I haven't even said anything yet I'm already I disagreeing with me. <laughs> um Okay, but before we get into the, the the card itself, I will go ahead and, and vote. We take a commercial break real quick, Kyle. What do you think? Go right ahead, 9.32. And we are back. Uh, thank you for the timestamp. Appreciate it. Uh, that, that'll help me later on when I'm editing. Um, so... There was a pre-card that I still have not watched, but WrestleMania 31 outdoor show in the 49ers new stadium. Beautiful stadium. I I thought the set was immaculately done. Like, very, very impressive WrestleMania. Oh, I agree. And... Um, or an outdoor. Yeah, go ahead. Lighting, lighting was good. Um, everything they seemed to to do, especially for Triple H and his entrance, was incredibly put together. Well, of course, Triple H is going to have the the grand entrance. He's running the show. But. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, the pre-show. We were talking earlier with the pre-show, WrestleMania, over five and a half hours. Yeah, and I'm still. I, I don't think it lasted that long. But then again, I mean, I, you know, there's a good chance it did it. Like you said, especially with the pre-show. Um, and they red carpet. Remember the the Hall of Fame went forever that year. This was a a lot of WWE for the fans up in Northern California. Right around where you grew up, wasn't it? It was, and uh, ironically, California known for, well, Northern California and the Cow Palace. A lot of historic angles, particularly Pat Patterson as one of the blonde bombers with or the Hollywood Blondes with Ray Stevens, I, I want to yep. say. Yep. Yeah, he so, and Ray Stevens, they were tag team for many years. And so they they did a lot of wrestling up there. There was a lot of Mexican wrestling up there in the Cal Palace. And that's where I watched my first live event. And isn't it also where... Um, I don't want to say just Samoans, but really the Polynesian wrestlers really started uh, being showcased was up in San Francisco. There's a, a large Asian Pacific influence in San Francisco in that area. So they would start there and obviously gravitate towards people like themselves. And as wrestling fans, we kind of all did that. But I think Eric Bischoff talked about this, that you, in a regional territory, kind of hire people to bring in like fans. Which, I mean, it's just human nature, you know? I mean, Uh, um, uh, a lot of Samoans started out there as well. Which is important because there were a lot of crowds cheering on Roman main event. Yep. Uh, well, they were cheering him, but they weren't. But yeah, we'll get into that when we get to that match. Um, but pre-show kicks off with the Beta Four-Way Tag Team Match. You know. You and I don't remember Tyson Kidd and Cesaro being tag team champions at all. They were fantastic tag team champions. Why don't I, why don't I remember that? I mean, that wasn't that was just five years ago. Why don't I remember it, that? This is uh, this is after failed on Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal win in first previous year's wrestling. Right. But he the Tyson kids, they're three time cha- champions. Yeah, I just I don't know I don't know how to and, I, and that's a shame too because and both those guys are great wrestlers and so I'm pretty sure they were a great team. I for whatever reason it maybe it's just a sign I'm getting old. But for for Cesaro this I liked his team, Tyson Kidd, better than I did 
Amos. And that's probably remember most. But you got the new day here. Both Matadors with El Torito. Can't really say anything memorable happened during the match, can you? No, that's what I said. I mean, I'm in that uh, part because I've, I've on the network they actually don't have the pre-show as part of the, um, the card, um, and if they do, I've totally missed it somehow. But I'd have to um, go back and see if I can find those because I mean the match itself on the paper looks interesting and it looks like something. Um, that I'd want to watch, you know, especially, I mean, with uh, New Day and the Usos in there. Um, but, and I'd also want to watch the, the Battle Royal, uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, won by the Big Show. Now, that one I have seen because they showed it during um, part of, like, the recap from the um, the pre-show where this was where the Miz and Damien, um, well, they were calling Damien Mizdow, but Damien Sandow, this is where they split. And the fall of the Mizdow, Damien Mizdow in WWE. Yep, which he had become a fan favorite. Like, people were cheering for him like there was no tomorrow. And then they buried him. It is... Honestly, they they had a shot with the what were the, the intellectual rose. The tag team was Cody Rhodes. Uh, they but they really weren't letting either one go above like the middle of the mid card. And then and he, he heated up again with the Miz. And it just never did anything. Well, I know, I don't remember, it may have been Steve Austin who interviewed them on his podcast, and they kayfabed the whole thing. So he stayed in that Mizdow character. You know, I listened to about 15 or 20 minutes of it, and I was like, okay, I'm done with this one. You know, because, I mean, when Steve Austin does his interviews, he does shoot interviews. He's not right. doing in-character interviews, and, and they stay, that's the only one I know of where they did that. They actually stayed in character, or at least Damien Sendow did. But anyway, I was glad that the big show won um, the Battle Royal, um, especially you know the year before when Cesaro picked him up like he weighed nothing and just tossed him over the top rope. <laughs> but that showed the power of Cesaro. Strong dude, yeah. So, but on the main card, the first um, first match in the main card, and I thought this was an interesting choice for the first match. Um, but then again, looking at the rest of the card, it kind of makes sense when you get, when you look at the other matches. Having this ladder match for the Intercontinental Title with let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, seven guys in there all trying to climb the ladder to get the belt. Well, let, let, let's look at the competitors. So, 
Bad News Barrett is the champion. He's now an announcer on NXT. Daniel Bryan, R-Truth, Dean Ambrose, who's now John Moxley in AEW, Luke Harper, who is now uh, Brody Lee. Brody Lee. AEW. Dolph Ziggler. Who is now Dolph Ziggler. Who is now Cody Rhodes, owner of AEW. No, no, no. He's not Cody Rhodes. He's Uh just... No, because they copyrighted Cody Rhodes. Got that back. No, I don't think he's gotten it back yet, but he's the American Nightmare Cody. And not a fan of the tattoo on his neck, but that's a story for another day. Um, some people like it. I'm not eh, I'm not digging it. But it doesn't take away his ability. But you, you know, have uh, two big in, in the match. Barrett and Luke Harper. Yeah. Dean Ambrose kind of crazy as he was with the latter. Dolph Ziggler to do all the bumps. All right, Kyle, you there? I'm back. All right. Yeah, I have no idea what happened there. I just got a notification that said that we became disconnected. I apologize for that. Um, you know, so I'll just insert a commercial break there. You know, so of being in the NWO. Yes. And this is this is a hard thing. This is one of the loudest reactions of the night. For Sting or for the NWO? For the crowd, this is one of the largest um, reactions they have all night. Oh, okay. I, I just in general. Now, there's one one reaction that was louder, but we'll get to that. But to have them come out and even the odds and too too many sideshows during this match. Yes. That's about that's a perfect way to put it right there. And and that's that's the only thing, is that because Sting is and Triple H are older and they're relying on that to to get the match over or what. Um, I don't know. But the one thing you mentioned, Sting's first match in WWE, and you have Triple H beating. And, and, so, and a no disqualification match. That's actually something else that I know the only reason they had it as a no disqualification so they could have all the interference. But generally, a no disqualification match is something that's not the first match. It's like the third or sometimes fourth match because there's been interference problems or or something else going on. But to have it as the very first match, to me, that didn't make any sense. It's to hide their elderly weaknesses 
but still you devalue your asset because you have to put triple triple H over. And yes. why not why not build a star and have a young guy beat him if you're gonna beat him? Yeah, and now granted, I mean I will say Triple H I mean he was in shape. Oh, without question. Yeah. I mean he he had been hitting them weights, you know, pretty hard. I mean he was definitely um cut up for this. You know, um couldn't tell with Sting because he was wearing more of a you know, the trunks that covered up his body. But they did uh they did a special on him and Triple H and how they worked out prior to their WrestleMania match. Cause but he was but he wasn't in Triple H shape. Oh no, because you require um supplementation to get to that level. And Sting's faith prevented him from uh crossing that boundary. Um allegedly. Allegedly. Now they did shake hands after the match and we do know Sting only had one more match after that period. Um and he got hurt permanently against Seth Rollins. Rollins did the buckle bomb, which is a move I would absolutely ban for real because too many people get hurt and too many people have gotten hurt. Um, but I just wish they would have given him a chance to at least win this match. Right. You know, instead, instead of bringing back a storyline that, you know, or a rivalry, a real-life rivalry, it wasn't just... Um, Okay, oh, we're going to say we hate those guys. And, oh, then, you know, no, this was two companies that had a real-life battle. Why bring it back 14 years later when it was over and done with? WWE won. I mean, it's they literally bought the competition. No reason to harp on that. You know, and to say Sting was a big fish in a little pond, now he's just a minnow. Right. You know, not only is it rude... It, it, that was not true. If they would have brought Sting in right when they merged, if they were if they were to bring him in, um, he would have been great in the WWE as well. But anyway, could have. The potential was there. How about that? So now we get to our pre-women's revolution throw-in women's match. Yes, and... This is uh, something I had not even thought about until I was watching it and doing some more research. This was Cage and A.J. Lee. Um, but Well, let me look again about A.J. Lee. It was A.J. It was her, uh, it was her last Mania match. Well, I'm saying uh, it was Paige's debut. Okay, it wasn't uh, A.J.'s debut, but it was her final match. And she only had one more match after this as well. Um, or I, I'll say, take it back, two more matches after this because, uh, no, she only had one more match. The year before, she won uh, the Divas title, lost it the very next night to Paige. So right. Paige, Paige missed out on WrestleMania in New Orleans by one day. And um, and if you watch the, the Fighting With My Family 
uh, movie. I don't know if you have you seen that. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So they they kind of talk about that as well. But yeah, but she actually didn't wrestle at, at WrestleMania 3, but she did here. And AJ Lee only had one more match after this, and she got hurt. But she was going to leave anyway because uh, her husband being CM Punk and all the drama that went on between CM Punk and you know the the McMahon Helmsleys or McMahon Levacs, I should say, not Helmsley, but you know his real name. Um, so we knew it was just a matter of time anyway before she left. Um, the match was decent. The Bellas don't get enough credit for pulling their weight. Dude is all attractive. I like the Bellas. Uh, they had some really good tag team moves. Um, I, I, mean, I like them better as a tag team than either one as singles. And I think Nikki Bella, I mean, well, she was getting her big push when she was still with the big man himself, John Cena, who, you know, had all the power. Yeah. You know, he had all the influence, he had all the stroke, and so, yeah, she was going to get pushed there, and, of course, they made sure her title reign lasted longer than AJ's. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to lose a title, though, when you don't defend it, but... Got to scrub AJ from the books. Yeah. And that's just Vince being Vince, you know, kind of petty, but I still wish they'd scrub the honky-tonk man off, but that's another story. Next, honky-tonk man, he's cool, he's kind of <laughs> bad. <laughs> but, uh, but, the one, well, the one thing about, actually, before we move on, the one thing about this match, um, when they're just, adding, just kind of seemingly just applying their singles finishing move, and it's like, you know, why do you even have a partner, you know, if they're not kind of getting involved? Because Paige was just kind of, I mean, Paige did knock um, the other Bella off. I can't remember which one's which. I mean, they're identical twins. Um, no, they are not. One has <laughs> a chin, the other is flat. That's very true. Uh, it was Nikki who submitted. Um, I didn't like the ending of it, but the match itself I thought was pretty decent. But... A couple had things, the- uh, well, I was going to say a couple of things we haven't actually mentioned was their between match segments when they had Daniel Bryan being interviewed, then you had all these former Intercontinental Champions come out. You know, I thought that was um, pretty cool. That that was a neat throw-in. Uh, could have been done for the crowd pop if they came out. Yeah. Um, but- and it did, it didn't last too long. It was there just real quick while they're transitioning between matches. Um, and then the next one, was right after the, well, now it was still Divas, I guess. But before, you know, right after the women's matches, match, they had the 2015 Hall of Fame class. And good God, that was, that was there was a lot of people with that. Um, and here, here we go. The rest of the card, I'm going to crap all over. Uh well, at what part did they have the? They had Travis Barker playing drums, and they had some other people singing. And I'm going, who are these people? I had to. I actually had to figure, remember what their names were. Uh, it was 
Skylar Gray and Kid Ink, who did some songs with Travis Barker playing drums. Right. I, I thought it was unnecessary. I didn't see the need for it. But anyway, and so we'll move on to the rest of the cards so you can crap all over it. Um, Rusev's WrestleMania debut, and Lana, hers as well. In a tank. In a tank. (laughs) (laughs) Which I still think that's awesome. He came down there in a tank. Um, And speaking of throwbacks to rivalries, Rusev with not the Bulgarian flag, he had the Russian flag. Right. And he caught a lot of flack and a lot of hell, I mean, legitimate from people in Bulgaria. Because they remember, I mean, Bulgaria, yeah, they were behind the Iron Curtain. A lot of them didn't want to be behind the Iron Curtain. They didn't want to be under Russian influence. They they were not, they were ready to be done with all that. And then all of a sudden now here they are saying, oh, he well, he's moved to Moscow now and even well, though he he had well, he had the shape of Bulgaria tattooed on his arm, um, you, you had that. First, he was Alexander Rusev from Bulgaria. Yep. And then you name him Rusev from Russia. Rusev. Like, and, and you wonder why he got ruined. And you you watch Lana here at, at, at her peak because she's fallen off a little bit lately. Ah. And, and this match, why in the world did Rusev lose this match? Because they're pushing Cena. You know that. I'm not saying but, I agree with it, but I'm just saying that's the reason. The, the potential and this everything wrong with WWE. I was done with WrestleMania the moment Super Cena defeated Rusev. Um. I hated <laughs> that so much, and, and the crowd booed. They were not happy about this result. Oh, I know. And of course, in a couple of years, we had Rusev Day. Love Rusev Day. I have a T-shirt, Rusev Day. My son has a T-shirt, Rusev Day. It, it's not Rusev Day anymore. Not anymore. It, it's the best man, Miro. Yes. You could have Miro Day. But you know what? His birthday is actually on Christmas Day. That also means Christmas Day is Rusev Day or Miro Day. Um, well, his real name is Miroslav, I believe. It, he so, goes by, but he goes by Miro. And, and, and he showed up AEW last Wednesday. Yep. Um, and if you ever see him, like in a regular interview, and this was starting to kind of show up in WWE before he took his hiatus. Um, dude is hilarious. I mean, he's he's a funny guy. He's actually a naturalized American citizen now. Um, lives in Nashville, um, loves um, the Predators. I follow, him, I, yeah, I follow him on Twitter. So. Um, but, oh, 
this is the first result that just lied. Um, and, and historically, Cena should look back as Miro displays his talents in AEW and say his need to go over in this instance the wrong decision, just like it was beating the Nexus. Yes, this is a case of Cena becoming um, like Mr. Balea behind the scenes. You know, the, hey, we want we want Rusev to go over you. Yeah, that doesn't work for me, brother. So you, you have the next segment after this, which is uh, the Authority, Triple H, and Stephanie. Which went on way too long. Way too long. Oh, my God. But they they had have the rock come out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what the rock said because we are family friendly. But he, I mean, the rock is still the rock. His promos, and you know, he doesn't script them. No, they're they're off the cuff. And I mean, <laughs> I'm actually thinking about watching that again just to see. You know him cut them promos because he had me laughing so hard about some of the stuff he said to Steph. And then she slapped him, you know, with a big old handprint on his face, and I'm and I was like, oh, you know, because I was like, yes, yeah, she didn't pull, and she didn't pull back on that, and never did. Yeah, because I'm like, and I think his his immediate reaction was probably to punch her because I mean she got him pretty hard. Um, you kind of knew Rousey was, you know, Ronda Rousey was going to be coming in the ring because they kind of panned a camera over and you saw some people looking over kind of to their left, but they didn't have the camera on Ronda just yet. And then they went back to the ring and then people started chanting, you know, Ronda or Ronda, you know, they started chanting her name. And so it kind of gave it away because I don't remember them really mentioning her being there before that. No, they showed her as one of the crowd with her friends that she she was a big fan and a star of the upcoming Fast and the Furious, whatever. And then she went in and she hip-tossed Triple H, which is pretty damn impressive. Yes, I, I know she's had the training for it, but he's about 280 of solid muscle. So... Um, them can yeah that's but i mean well even, even with him helping if you want to you know quote unquote helping her you know um it's still i mean he's more than twice her size because i don't think she weighs 140 but the the hard thing with uh any stephanie mcmahon segment to include this one for as hard as she slaps the dudes has she ever been pie-faced and gotten it back? Not from men. Um, not that I'm aware of. And not from women, really, either. Um, I mean, I, I'll admit that I actually have um, the way, a lot of respect for the way she carries herself because you can kind of tell, and you and I are um, experienced enough with this, we can recognize 
leadership. And she has that. Oh, yeah. You know, she's, she's actually, huh? A lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. And it really projects. Yep. And she's not afraid to put herself out there. Um, before I give her too many props, I could also say some things to the negative, and I just rather not go down that road right now because we would uh, run out of time. Um, but the next match, though, was one I was actually looking forward to. Um, the Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, and you got to think between their two entrances. And then the whole segment with the authority, and you know Triple H, he's going to have more time than anybody else out there anyway. I think, you know, we're talking about how this was such a long card. I think a good chunk of it was that. The authority segment, the Undertaker entrance, the Bray Wyatt entrance. Now, you're talking 45 minutes right there. That, and I don't want to say the Undertaker was past his prime here. But another failed opportunity, and this is where WWE continues to fail. They should have had, uh, and I know your boy in WrestleMania 30 beat The Undertaker. I didn't agree with it then. I don't agree with it now. But if they would have had Bray Wyatt beat him here, that I would have been okay with. Bray Wyatt should have won here. Yes. And it makes him the new supernatural character. And granted, I like the theme and the Firefly Funhouse is entertaining before they ruin it. But so many things they could have done with the Wyatt family. And they ruined him when he lost to Cena at WrestleMania, what, New Orleans? Yep. And turn around and have him lose to The Undertaker. You're, you're losing to part-time guys. And CM Punk is 100% right in his argument here. And you're yeah this this right here, like you said the pass kind of the passing of the torch to the next supernatural guy uh because the when I first saw Bray Wyatt with the Wyatt family, this when Eric Rowan is wearing the sheet mask, and Luke Harper is going kind of saying they look like you know well, like they just came out of a trailer park in the swamp, you know, or some old dilapidated house in the swamp, and it was. Um, it reminded me of like a modern day Kevin Sullivan, which is kind of fitting considering Kevin Sullivan was um, part of the varsity club with, right. so he may have gotten the inspiration for that. I mean, Kevin Sullivan may have been given advice. You never know. But yes, I agree. I think Bray Wyatt should have won this match. He should have won against Cena. And they noticed, I mean, they'll push, push, push the Wyatt family. Uh, they just lost again pay-per-view. And push, push, push. Uh, they just lost again the pay-per-view. And that's the thing. They they don't create new stars because they make poor decisions. Yep. 
And as much as what I love the Undertaker, but yeah, he should not have won this match. Or they, he should not have even been in this match. They should have had Bray Wyatt win against somebody else. And I do know he actually hurt his ankle earlier in the day, um, you know, while prepping for the match. And that's why the match itself was a lot slower. Um, you know, but um, – and since, you know, we had our nice unscheduled – break we are actually starting to run a little short in time so i'm going to go ahead and, and have our last commercial break before we go discuss the main event yay and we're back now the main event roman reigns and your boy brock lesnar for the heavyweight championship so this, this is one, and we can all be honest, we all thought Roman Reigns was winning this match. Yeah. Well, yes, but this is where one of the few times I've actually made just an just out-there prediction, and it actually mostly came true. Because I had been telling, I don't remember if I told you, but I know I told some other friends, and I, uh, and I was in my classes, um, I was in college classes at the time, and there's another guy in there. He was also a huge, huge wrestling fan. But I told him the Thursday before the card, I said, Seth Rollins is going to cash in and win the title. I said, against you know whoever wins the match. The only thing I got wrong there was him doing it during the match and not after the match had ended. But either way, yeah, but he cashed in, and which they kind of tipped their hand a little bit at the beginning of the card because it, when his match against um, Randy Orton, they mentioned, oh, yeah, he's still the money in the bank holder. You never know. He could cash it in, wink, wink. But the way they did that I thought was genius. That that's a tough one. Uh, the match starts off. Um, Roman and Brock immediately get bloody, and probably from the hard way. Yeah, because I was looking. I don't think Brock plays. Um, I think when he hit that pole, he hit that pole legit. I mean, he was already bleeding from the lip. It kind of surprised me the referee didn't already have his gloves on. But I mean, the, that part before Seth Rollins catched, I mean, dude, it was brutal. Because he was hitting like every kind of suplex you can think of. Right. I think this, and I think this was another one of the cases where um, he switched from doing the Germans to doing the vertical suplexes or other suplexes to where um, – wouldn't be so hard on Roman's neck. But that's one thing about his Germans. I mean, you're prone. I mean, because he's, he's not just you know, going back with you and kind of doing that where he can actually bridge into a pin. No, I mean, he's doing a release. I mean, he's flinging you across the, the ring, and you're backwards, and you can't, you can't see where you're going. You know, so, but you can, more or less, and he can control it somewhat with a vertical suplex or even a, a belly-to-belly suplex. Either way, it was brutal. And I'm not a fan of the Superman punch as a finishing move. Um, but the spear, I mean, that's legit. I mean, that's, that's 
that's something you know you would expect from a um, a captain of a football team like you know Joe Joe Anawai was at Georgia Tech, first later known as Roman Reigns. You would expect something like that, and so that one is pretty legit. But but the um, whole thing physical. They pinned to the Samoans. It looks like he's going to win. And that worm, weasel, Seth Rollins comes out with his briefcase and really shocks the heck out of you because he, he, who's he pinned? I've been wrong. You know, they're not going to have him pin Brock. Not, not during this time. But uh, another failed thing, it, it gets over that Seth is what? A weasel. It gets over that he weaseled his way to the championship, and it gets over, oh, Brock actually wasn't the one pin. That's why I think, you know, you want to make the triple threat matches better. Any multiple person matches better. You know, if, well, if, they, if they had titles involved, make them elimination matches. Right. ECW got right. Yes. Make him elimination matches. And Roman, you know, his family, they were legitimately pissed at this because, um, you know, Sika, Roman Reigns' dad, he was about to start throwing hands on <laughs> Vince McMahon when, you know, uh, when Roman didn't come out as champion because they didn't know about, about this. Um. But anyway, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think the card was net positive. Um, I think most of it was good. Was good. Uh, the ending, uh, whether you know you agree with Ron's or not, but I mean, the ending was something that was a big surprise. Even if I did predict it, I mean, I, most of my predictions are wrong. You can just ask my wife. I predict something. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Um, but except for that, this, I mean, that was the only thing. And even that, I didn't get totally right. But, so, at the I end of that, see, uh, go ahead. I did see Brock losing, but I didn't see them, uh, honestly, the whole money in the bank briefcase in the middle of the match. Really a surprise. Yep. And... And when I went to class the following Thursday, I looked at the dude and I was like, "Hey, I called it." And he's like, "You did." He said, I, "He's like, I don't know where you came up with that." He said, "But you got it right." And I was like, "Yeah." I said, "You know, the sun shines on dogs, but every once in a while." And that day was my day for the sun. <laughs> but anyway, so we we are really getting close to running time. So next week, Kyle. Next week, an interesting top ten list. And it is going to be our top ten favorite gimmick matches. Yep. And what we mean by that is not, okay, my favorite type of gimmick match may be a cage match or a bull rope match. or what. No, we're, we're talking very spe- specific gimmick matches that happen on a very specific card. So... so we're we're thinking Greg the Hammer Valentine and Rowdy Piper at the first Starcade in a chain match. Yes, 
or Magnum CA until they Blanchard a few years later in the I Quit match in a also you know in a cage, something like that. So yeah. war games. I, this, this one, yeah. Well, which war games? I mean, that's the thing. Um, or any of the Hell in the Cells, or a, or a specific ladder match. This one right here. Um, this is going to be a fun list to compile because I have a feeling that I'm going to have to take some time to whittle it down to, uh, to just 20 and then try to rank those 20. Right. And if anybody wants to pitch in their ideas, by all means, send your email. I'm sure booking podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast. Any of those ways. If you know me and or Kyle personally, send us a text. Tell us your opinion. We'd love to hear it. But it's always fun because, you know, the historical wrestling, just a little better to watch. And the gimmicks really mean stuff back then. Yes. even though it, I think nowadays some things, that the gimmicks get played a little too much. But there could still be some great matches. So we will we'll talk to you next week. Yes, we will. And for now, still scheduled, Tuesday nights at 9.30 Eastern time. If this changes, we will certainly let you know. But until then, Kyle, we will definitely be keeping in touch some this week um, as we discuss any kind of changes. So I will talk to you later, my friend. Adios, man. All right. See ya.